All right, so just, just a few days ago, uh, one of my kids asked me for some water, and as the kind and generous pastor that you all know me to be, I said, get it yourself, right? <laughs> but dad, I have a cat on my lap, so I don't want to move. Can you just get me some water? So I went into the kitchen and found a tiny espresso cup and put in some water, which was probably just a few drops of water, and brought it out, which elicited a very typical response from my kids. Really, Dad? <laughs> no, I mean a, a big glass of water, full of water. So I got a giant beer stein and filled it to the very top, so much so that as I brought it out of the kitchen, I spilled water all over the place, which elicited the typical response of, Really, Dad? <laughs> so, we've been reading through the book of Jonah, and you might remember that Jonah begins with God telling Jonah to do something. So God tells Jonah to go east to the great city of Nineveh, yeah, the Assyrian Empire. And in response, Jonah went west, the opposite direction, as far away from Nineveh as possible. But then today, we'll see that given a second chance, Jonah like me, goes too far in the other direction, too far east this time. In the meantime, as all of this is happening, the people and the animals of this great city turn away from their violence, and then God turns away from God's violence. So now the people have changed, and our image of God has changed from a God who punishes and destroys to a God who is compassionate and full of love. Sounds good, right? Like, that sounds like good news, except Jonah, the prophet, isn't too thrilled about this new and improved version of God. So continuing in Jonah chapter 4, but to Jonah, God being compassionate and full of love was a great evil, and he was angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still in my own land? This is why I tried to quickly flee to Tarshish, away from Nineveh. For I knew, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God repenting of evil. How terrible. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it, is it good for you? to be this angry? Then Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. So here it is. This is Jonah's overflowing beer stein moment. God says go east, so Jonah goes east to the city, and then east through the city, and then he continues east right out of the city, right? But I thought you told me to go east, right? He just, he just keeps going. There, east of the city, he made a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city, hoping perhaps that the city would still be destroyed. Then the Lord God provided a gourd or a pumpkin and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the pumpkin. Finally, Jonah is happy. 
He gets on a ship that's headed towards Tarshish or paradise. It's like getting on a cruise ship to Hawaii and no mention of him being happy. His life is saved from the sea and no mention of him being happy about that. He sees an entire city transformed and changed for the good and no mention of him being happy about that. But give the guy a pumpkin and he's almost giddy. It's wild, right? But verse 7 At dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the pumpkin so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a quiet east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it good for you to be angry about the pumpkin? It is, he said, and I'm so angry. I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this pumpkin, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and then died overnight. And should I not be concerned for the great city Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right from their left, and also the animals. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's really interesting. Um, I've been going to church and working in churches for a really long time. I mean, I've been going to church my entire life. And, um, And working in churches, I have rarely, if ever, received an angry email or had somebody angry at me or gotten in trouble for saying too much about sin and the consequences of sin. Nobody seemed to get angry about me, at me about those things. Talking, however, too much about grace and love and compassion has been all kinds of trouble. Now, to be clear, none of this has happened here at, at this church as of yet, But one Sunday, I said in a sermon that Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, would not use his staff to hit his sheep, but only to guide and protect his sheep, to guide and protect us. That made one person so mad that our conversation lasted so long after the service that I was late, ironically, to the pastor's appreciation lunch that the church was serving that that particular day. They were so, so mad that God is good. I was once told after a sermon that I had spit on the gospel, which apparently is not a good thing. Because I said that God was not violent. They were so, so mad that God was good. I was once almost fired from a church because I talked too much about God loving and welcoming all people. The personnel committee even asked me if I believed in Jesus. Can you imagine wondering if somebody believes in Jesus because they talk too much about love and grace and compassion. They were so, so mad that God is good. And here, God gets in trouble. So I'm in good company. God gets in trouble for not destroying an entire city of people and also the animals. 
Jonah was so, so mad about God being good. To Jonah, it was evil. It was evil that God was compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in kindness and love, turning away from doing evil. God, so let me get this straight. God is evil because God is not evil? Is that sort of the rationale here? This is this upside-down nature of a Christianity or any religion that loves it when God is kind to me or when God is kind to us, but, but hates it when God is kind to them or to those people. So in response to all of this, God turns into a psychologist or, or a modern therapist when he says to Jonah, so tell me about your relationship with your parents. Like, why, what is it that makes you so mad? Okay, he didn't actually say that, but he does say, is it good for you to be angry? That's a really good question. Because anger is like a, a normal human emotion that, like any other emotion, is telling us to pay attention. Pay attention to the things that are important in this particular moment. To notice things, perhaps, that are unjust in our life or in our world, and also to notice the things that are good and beautiful in our world. That's what our emotions do. They tell us to pay attention to the things that are important happening in, in our lives. So I don't know about you, but I usually interpret my emotions to mean pay attention to what other people are doing or not doing. Why are you making me so mad? Or why are you not making me happy? That's sort of my experience of emotions. <laughs> Is that good? No, it's not good. My, my wife says it's not good. But if our focus is on what everyone else is doing without any personal reflection about our own experiences or our, our own responsibility, perhaps, there's a good chance that we'll end up in the desert with Jonah angry about God being good or, or angry about people doing good things or angry about good things happening to people that we don't like. And also, in addition to that, if, if we can't see beyond ourselves to the stories, to the emotions, to the experiences of other people, then again, there's a good chance that we'll find ourselves in the desert with Jonah, angry about God being good. Like Jonah, maybe again, this is just me, I tend to go too far west and then too far east. Sometimes not concerned enough about our own experiences and needs, and then overly focused on myself or, or overly focused on ourselves, so much so that we miss everyone else. We go too far west and then we go too far east. We, however, are, are a part of, a, of something much bigger than ourselves. We're a part of a larger whole. So God cares about us because God cares about everyone. And God cares about everyone because God cares about you and me and us and also the animals. And also the animals. Such a strange way to end the entire story. 
Jonah, the prophet, the religious figure, the pastor, the holy person, doesn't listen to God throughout this story, isn't responsive to God throughout this story, but the wind and the sea and even a huge fish is responsive to God. And when the people of Nineveh express remorse for their violence, so do all of the animals who even put on clothes to reflect how much the city has changed, which eventually leads to people putting sweaters on their cats and their dogs, right? And now the great pumpkin responds to God. And then a worm or a very hungry caterpillar responds to God by eating the pumpkin. And today on Palm Sunday, we remember that, that palm branches are used to, to celebrate and honor Jesus as he enters Jerusalem. Throughout the Bible, from the beginning to the end, God's concern isn't just with us. God's concern isn't just with all people. God's concern here is with the whole of creation, everything, including us, including the fish, including the bougie pets, including the pumpkins and the worms, everything. God's concern is with all of it. Our environment and our humanity joined together in a symbiotic relationship. Yes, it's a, as we know, it's a, it's a relationship that gets thrown out of whack from time to time or, or often when we abuse or we ignore the environment that we live in, especially when we do so for our own gain or for our infinite accumulation of wealth. But a relationship with our environment or with our world that has throughout history and hopefully will continue to provide space for us to experience life, will provide space for, for life to continue to flourish, not just for us, but for all people and for all creation. A space, hopefully, where we can respond to God. A space, hopefully, where we can also reflect God's goodness. A space where we can reflect God's love and compassion for us, for each other, for everyone, and also the animals. The end. Please pray with me. God, we pray that you would continue to guide us deeper as we move toward Easter. Help us to be attentive to you, to our own experiences of life. Help us to be attentive to one another and to all of your creation. Amen.